In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Brothers and sisters, today the epistle that was read, the letter to the Hebrews, as well as this beginning section of John's Gospel, these two things go very well together. Both pieces of writing, both messages, wake us up and tell us to pay attention to go back to the beginning. The beginning. The beginning of salvation history. The beginning of this story that we look at today to see who we are and how we've fallen and how God has wanted to save us and how he continues to do so. So they both direct us to look at the beginning. The epistle mentions what the Israelites were going through when they spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness trying to get to the promised land. And then, in John's Gospel, he literally says, in the beginning. That's what he starts with. What this kind of message is trying to tell us is that we have to examine the beginning to understand the rest of the story. We have to really intimately grasp where we've been, where humanity has been, to know where we're supposed to go, what we're supposed to do from here. And that's definitely, that's definitely the case for John's Gospel. He's telling us to go back all the way to the very beginning, the very beginning of Scripture, the very beginning of time, so that we can understand the rest of what he's going to say about who Jesus is and what kind of relationship we're supposed to have with him. And so, what do we find when we go back to the beginning? What do we find when we open our Bibles, go back to Genesis, go back to Exodus? What is God trying to tell us? What has humanity gone through? What are the mistakes that humans have made? What are the mistakes humans always make? We find that despite this, despite these mistakes, God reaches out time and time again. He never stops trying to give wisdom to human beings. He never stops sending people in His name to speak on His behalf, to teach on His behalf, to show what His will is according to their own example. God never stops reaching out. God never stops taking the initiative. When it comes to our relationship with God, He starts it, not us. And what happens in result, as a result of that? Israel keeps turning away. It starts with Adam and Eve and it continues from there. Despite God's love, despite God's reaching out, despite God's heart, men keep turning away. Turning away towards what? Other gods, idols, other ways of life, self-worship. And we find that story ongoing throughout the Old Testament. And of course, maybe we kind of know, as I'm saying this in the back of our minds, that this hasn't really stopped. This is still the human problem, which can all be summed up in one word, sin turning away from God, acting against God's goodness, 
acting against God's will, acting against our very nature, acting against what we are. And so, how do we see God in a story? When we look back towards the beginning, and despite all his efforts, despite him trying to teach all his people, what do we see about God? He's not just a teacher. He's not just this source of us having rules. That would be boring. That wouldn't be enough. That wouldn't be enough to change someone's life. Just different rules. No, we see God as love itself. God is trying to help the Israelites, and he's trying to help human beings today, not just as a teacher, not just as a giver of rules, but as a loving father, as a father, as a bridegroom who wants to marry his bride, who wants to sanctify his bride, who wants to prepare his bride to understand and experience what real love is like. That's how you change people's lives. Brothers and sisters, the people of Israel, human beings today, why can't we receive this message? Why couldn't they receive this message? Because of what the Old Testament and what Christ himself later calls a hardened heart. A heart like stone. A heart that's not soft enough to be humble. A heart that's not soft enough to receive. A heart that's hardened by its own pride and just wants its own way. Wants to worship itself. Doesn't think it can learn from anything beyond itself. Moses, the other prophets, the other patriarchs of the Old Testament, they were some good examples. There were good leaders in the times of the Old Testament. When we go back to the beginning, like St. John and the author of the letter of the Hebrews is telling us to do. But those leaders made mistakes. They could not react to God's love as sons and daughters. Only as servants. Brothers and sisters, what St. John is trying to open our minds to understand in the very beginning of his gospel are those very beautiful words. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. God doesn't seek to just dwell between four walls. God doesn't just seek to dwell in a restricted space of a building. God wants to dwell in us. When we lose the image that we're made in, the image of God, He helps us recover it. He wants to dwell among us. What does that actually mean? Uh, those are nice words, but what does that actually mean? It means He wants us to respond to His love, to respond to His will, not just as His students, but as His sons and daughters. So when we say, that God dwells in us, that's what that means. We're accepting a job, accepting a mission, a responsibility to be his sons and daughters. How? By acting how he wants us to act, thinking how he wants us to think, acting like we are his sons and daughters, acting like we actually do live in his house and love his rules because we know they're for our own good. So today, when we hear this kind of gospel, 
In, in just one short paragraph, St. John is telling us all of this. St. John is opening our minds to all of this. The reality of what, of what humanity's problem is and how we're supposed to recover from it. When we hear this gospel, we have to ask ourselves, are we allowing this to happen? Are we allowing ourselves to be places where God can dwell? Are we allowing ourselves to become his sons and daughters? Are we accepting that invitation? God lowers himself to our level to invite us to this. Imagine that, going from infinity to lowering himself just to Israel, and we don't accept it, and we turn away from it. It wasn't just the Israelites, it's us too. There's many different forms of idolatry. There's many ways to turn away from God. There's many ways to sin. There's many ways to worship ourselves instead of worshiping Him, instead of loving Him. Brothers and sisters, there's one more very, very beautiful and heavy thing to think about when St. John and the author of the epistle to the Hebrews write in this way, when they tell us to look to the beginning. What happens in the beginning? What happens in the first words, the first two chapters of Genesis? What is the story about? It's the story of creation. Not how creation happened, but why it happened. So, when St. John starts his gospel, within the beginning. What does he tell us is happening? St. John is waking us up to realize that Jesus isn't taking flesh and dwelling among us just for no reason. He's doing it to recreate us. To recreate us. Are we allowing that? Again, that's a question we have to ask ourselves. It's something we have to take very seriously. Jesus wants to recreate us after we've distanced ourselves from Him, from His Father. One of the most profound, beautiful, transformative ways we can be recreated is through this life we're invited to in the life of the church, in, this, in the sanctuary of the church, in the shelter of the church, where we receive the sacraments, and most of all, where we receive the Eucharist. As we receive the Eucharist today, Let's, let's allow it to change us. Let's allow it to break us up so we can be built back according to the image of God. And as we do so, I invite all of us to meditate on the following prayer, the following words that were written by one of our fathers of the Church of the East, St. Joseph the Visionary. He writes, May I receive you not into the stomach which belongs to my body, but into the womb of my mind, so that you may be conceived there, as in the womb of the Virgin. Amen.